This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Main Street Comics and Memorabilia. Don't forget to join their pool service. There's a minimum three titles, and you've got to pick them up at least once a month. But if you do, you get 10% off store-wide. You never miss an issue. You get free copy of Diamond Previews, early access to all sales, and it's free to sign up. So go and see them, and don't forget to tell them that the Happy Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Hello, Internets. My name's Johnny Womack. I got my co-captain, Deuce. What's going on, brother? Hey, this is the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We are a twice-weekly podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays for your listening pleasure. And every episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce starts off with the Deuce salute. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. And, of course, back by popular demand, we have the amazing CJ Bambino and uh, Deuce. What are we talking about today? Well, we got a whole hodgepodge of things that we're going to talk about, so we're just going to come right out the gate. CJ, me and you kind of talked on Facebook a little bit about it. I wanted to talk about it here in front of our fans so they could hear it. I want to get your thoughts on the whole Hogan thing, man. Uh, I really kind of want to see from a guy in the business what your feelings are about the whole situation. (laughs) I am pretty annoyed that – they're pretty much trying to sponge out basically one of the biggest pioneers of this business from the history of wrestling. It completely annoys me. It could, you know, whether he said it recently or eight years ago, I think the whole racist thing, it's just so stupid because it's just, I can't even put it into words. It's just so dumb. No, everyone's offended by everything nowadays. And it was just like people woke up today and was like, you know what? We're offended by Hulk Hogan today. Also, it happened eight years ago, which I don't know if you've read his autobiography. He was in a real bad time in his life. He was in a very low spot. He's probably rock bottom, if you will. Uh, and yeah, he pretty much he pretty much lost everything. He lost everything, everything between the lawsuit and his son. his son and everything else. Like, he was at the lowest point of his life. You know, and sometimes when people do things like this, I think you have to take into account what was going, what's the situation? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what was going on that led into this? And I think when you kind of take everything into consideration, you kind of go, well, and I don't know how to put it in a way that's PC because I'm not a PC guy, but I don't want to say you want to give him a free pass, but you want to say, like, look, he was at a low point. He, he, you know, came out and apologized. Uh, he did everything he could to kind of make the situation as good as possible. But brother, like this is this is what I'm I'm getting at. You can't make someone lose their job for something that they said eight years ago. And I completely agree with you on the fact that you know he he went out there and he apologized and he did his thing, and it was all about you know where he was at the point in his life. And that has nothing to do with wrestling, and that has nothing to do with his current job now. And for the business, for WWE to try and, you know, they took, they're taking him out of the Hall of Fame and they're taking him off the network and they're going to edit him out of all this different stuff and they cut him from WrestleMania, they cut him from Tough Enough. It's just, it's so stupid. And for them to try and take out the guy that pretty much made their company, I just think it's moronic. 
Yeah, and also just think about like where where Vince was with the Ultimate Warrior. Like he's been publicly like not in hidden cameras, but publicly out there doing stuff. In my personal opinion, that was way more egregious than what what Hulk Hogan's done. And they they you know they write they wrote the ship right at the end. You know before he passed. Yeah, I mean they basically made it like you know like how like how Benoit allegedly you know killed his family and himself and all that. Okay, I understand you don't want to associate yourself with a murderer. But the fact of the matter is, this guy didn't kill anyone, and it was for things that he said eight years prior. So it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. And the fact that, like you said, Ultimate Warrior and other wrestlers have done far more worse things. <laughs> you know, the Ultimate Warrior was bashing, you know, gays publicly in his in his uh, his speakings at different, you know, uh, universities that you go to. So it's just, it's pretty bizarre to me that they would just, take to to not go to his defense or just not have him you know apologize and then try and you know sweep it under the rug for someone of his stature that you know it wasn't like it was yesterday you know what i'm saying no and the other thing too is uh, and like i said we got to say it for lawyers allegedly you know these were private tapes that somebody had none of us have heard the audio of this all we have heard is, is alleged transcripts of this audio like we've we have yet to hear the context, it, the context too. and the content itself. We just know from alleged transcripts of this audio what happened. So it's like you don't even have a smoking gun. Not only that, like the media nowadays likes to blow things way out of proportion, take things out of context. And it's just the whole situation is so hokey and stupid to me that it's just it doesn't make sense. And <laughs> Hogan, I'm on your side, brother. Hogan ain't racist. No, and I think what was funny is right after it happened, somebody, because, you know, the WWE Network has got all this footage on tape, pulled a promo with Vince McMahon <laughs> saying the N-word on SmackDown to John Cena, and then he walks right past Booker T, and Booker T's like, oh, no, you didn't. And I'm like, so you said it on TV that was broadcast in front of millions of people, you and all of a sudden, it's that's okay. You know, you're not. Of course, you're not going to get rid of the the guy that runs your company and owns your company. I get that, but like, you know, Vince isn't going and crawling in a hole. But you got to throw Hulk in a hole like that. I don't know. Like it, the whole thing doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, it, uh, to me too. And I just don't understand. You know, if you wanted to let him go and then let it blow over and bring him back, you can't take away the honor of the Hall of Fame especially to the guy that basically helped put your company on the map. I think one of the greatest things I've seen lately, it was a meme, and it was basically when Hulk is slamming Andre the Giant, but they took uh, Hulk out of the picture, so it looks like Andre is just kind of falling weird. And it was like the... It says that moment when at a WrestleMania 3 or whatever when when Andre the Giant tripped or something. Yeah, like exactly. That. And I'm like, that's exactly what they're trying to do. Now, I will say this just because it happened to me this week. I went on the WWE Network because WWE Network is my gym partner. So I went and I've been watching the rivalries like crazy because they're so, so good. And I, I'm just a student of the industry. I love sitting underneath the learning tree and getting knowledge about the industry because I love it so much. And to, to learn something about an industry I love I think is amazing. And they still had the Hulk Hogan versus Roddy Piper rivalries on there. And I'm like, oh, I got to watch that like today because I don't know if it's going to be there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So as of this uh, past week, it was there, but man, I just, yeah. 
I don't, yeah, I don't even know where to go from that, Johnny. I'm yeah, we, we, yeah, well, we had to, like, you know, bring it out because we wanted to get your thoughts, someone that's actually in the industry, and, you know, get your thoughts on how all this went. Because, like, Deuce and I have been watching, you know, wrestling in some shape or form. Since, since I was in diapers. Yeah, since we were in diapers. And, like, I, I've been loving the business for so long. It was just anything like that kind of rubs me the wrong way, and I just feel like the way WWE's handled it or mishandled it is kind of just kind of, Put a little weird stamp on the business. Yeah. Well, and I mean, for, for me personally, it was a guy I grew up with because uh, I've lived here in Polk County, Florida my whole life, and you can call this the redneck in training story. I remember being a little kid in diapers with a sippy cup full of Coca-Cola watching, you know, matches of, you know, Hogan and uh, Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair like in the old, you know, the old, old days, I'm talking way, way back in the day, and a guy that kind of built the business, it's, to see him blacklisted like this, it's, it, I don't know, it hurts my heart, and plus I like the guy as a person, I think that's what makes me so mad, and seeing his recovery story from when he was at that low point to finding God and getting back into church and, you know, working. And just, and just finding himself again. Yeah, because I think that's because what Because I, I watched, I watched the A&E special and you couldn't help but feel for that guy. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and my God. Whether, if... whether or not he, you know, a lot of people in the business don't like him or they do, you know, he, he was pro wrestling for a very, very long time. And whether or not people agree with it or not, He's always going to be a part of that history. You can't erase him from the history. No, you can't, and that's the thing. Like I watched the A and E special too, and reading his autobiography, and, and like you said, watching the A and E special. When you watch it, that thing tore my heart out. Like I, literally after that, I had to watch a couple episodes of Aqua Teen Hunger Force to kind of like cleanse my palate because I was like so down in the dumps and depressed afterwards. I had to watch something to laugh because I was like, you know, you feel for this guy and. I, I kind of hope that maybe, just maybe, uh, in a year, two years, this will blow over and they'll bring him back. And, you know, I, I can hope. I mean, a man can dream, I guess, but. Well, Vince has made it. Uh, how can I put it? Uh, anything's possible for the WWE. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens, man. Hopefully this blows over soon. But it's just the way that the world is right now. Everyone's so uppity about, you know, everyone's racist all of a sudden magically and you know it's just so stupid whatever happened to just you know taking people as they are and loving your neighbor and you know it's just it's it's so weird just the way our culture has evolved from you know the things that have happened you know we should be in unison with each other and not you know trying to to work harder than our neighbor to have but you know you know what i'm saying i just i can't even put into words because i'm so annoyed at the whole situation it's so stupid no, and definitely being a childhood hero of ours to see him like taken down like that, especially because he had hit rock bottom and he's building himself back up and to fall down again. You just you feel bad and and you just hope he gets back up again and then hopefully because you know it kind of with Roddy Piper you know just this past week kind of puts it in perspective that we're not going to have these guys forever, so we need to cherish them while we can. Yeah, and uh, the whole the whole deal with with Dusty and. You know, it's sad, man, because a lot of these guys still had something to offer. You know, they weren't they weren't that old. No. You know, they 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 still didn't live. You know, yeah. I mean, I can't say that they haven't lived like really good, fulfilled, meaningful lives, but like they still had so much to offer, not only the business but their families. 
And it's just sad to see them go. It is, especially with Dusty. Dusty hit me really hard. Like, I remember when I was, when I got the the info on it and how bad it hurt me because, A, being a a, a Dusty Rhodes fan, because he did a lot of work here around Tampa and the Florida area. Like, he did a lot of stuff around here, so we saw him a lot. Uh, Actually, his son lives up in Gainesville, Goldust, and that's where my brother's a sheriff, and I've actually met him on several occasions, probably one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Um, you know, and it's, it's a guy like that, that's doing so much for the business and with NXT and calling those his NXT kids, you just felt like he had so much left to give and you just feel like you were robbed, you know, like we still needed 10, 15 more years of dusty, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I kind of want to segue into NXT because, you know, dusty was a big part of uh, NXT. He was there, you know, it's kind of like. Uh, like a mentor to a lot of these up and coming, you know, kids that are kind of really kind of getting into the business. And obviously, you know, what he's done with himself and as well with Cody and, and dust uh, and gold dust. But like, what's your thoughts overall with NXT as a brand? Um, I honestly think it's so good for the wrestling business because it's just like how baseball has their minor leagues. WWE now has their minor leagues and they have a place to put guys that are that are you know that need to get a shot to shine, and you know they have their own little roster, and then guys could come from the majors, which is Raw or SmackDown, and then come down and help these young guys to eventually bring them up. And it's it's so ingenious that <laughs> you know it's amazing how this something like this wasn't done years ago. You know, even though FCW and OVW were the stomping grounds. You know, it wasn't as public, and now that they have their own area where they have a ton of rings and a you know a whole wrestling library, and for these guys to constantly work out and you know live on the the same campus, and it's just amazing because it gives you the incentive of hey, I want to go there. That is where I want to be, and that is where I want to wrestle, and I want to grow, and I want to further my skills there, and eventually hone my craft even more in the majors of WWE. Like, it's, it's amazing. No, and I agree with that 110%. What, the other thing I really like about it is it seems like if there are guys on the cuspid, like a guy you, you talked about with us in episode one, Zack Ryder, who you trained with, you know, he's kind of going back down to, to NXT and is doing a tag team now. And it's like, it's a good, and same thing with Tyson Kidd. It's a good place for people that are kind of getting stagnant on the main roster to go try some things out, teach some things to these new kids, reinvent themselves, and kind of give some more longevity to their careers. Yeah. And then even like, like you said, like you, you named Ryder and Tyson Kidd, but even a guy like Rhino. Oh my God. Yeah. Rhino coming back. I was like, that's amazing. The fact that he's willing to to not be that that veteran and be like, well, I deserve to be on the main show. He just wants to give back and he wants to help these young kids. And honestly, every match he's had since he's been back has been phenomenal. And he's helped every single person he's he's worked with so far. And he's going to continue to do so. And you know, they they got the right trainers there. And it's just it's amazing how much they care about putting more into these young guys to bring them up because they know that they're the future of this business. 
Well, and that's the other thing, too. I, I like how they're doing things like that, and like with uh, Samoa Joe coming and being a part of NXT now. Um, actually, just a couple days ago, they it said Justin Liger is going to be at the NXT Brooklyn TakeOver, which I think is amazing. And Yes, that's beyond phenomenal. Oh, man. Seeing that NXT now is kind of working with New Japan, how do you feel about that? I'm really excited about it, personally. That is like, it's such an injection of like a different style and what we're not used to in America. Not since WCW. Because no. they were, they you know, they did the influx of all the lucha, lucha wrestlers and all the Japanese wrestlers, and they brought that style to WCW. WWE brought a few lucha guys in, and then they had, you know, a little bit of a Japanese influence, you know, with, with Tajiri, who was a phenomenal wrestler. But, like, now that they're going to bring in a legend like Liger, and they're going to keep working with these guys, I hope they keep doing that, man. That's something that I want to see, because you want to see international you know, bouts like that would be amazing if they just keep doing stuff like this, because then it's just like, you never know who's going to show up and it brings that, you know, unpredictability back to pro wrestling. And it makes pro wrestling more legitimate because these guys are coming from halfway across the world to put on a show, any little place in, in, you know, in the United States or anywhere else that they are. And it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And also I agree with you too. Cause like I grew up like one of my favorite uh, wrestlers growing up was the Ultima Dragon. Like, oh, yes. Ultimo Dragon to this day, because, like, I, I, I tell everyone at home, because Deuce and I did a, an episode, uh, a few episodes back, uh, about the Flight of the Cruiserweights, which is a documentary on the WWE Network for the, uh, was it the Monday Night Wars? And, like, it's yes. an amazing documentary, and I kind of showed you that, like, WCW was their main thing, not only competing with WWE, uh, but also was bringing in this up-and-coming talent, like this type of style of wrestling that you didn't really get to see anywhere else unless you were in Japan or in Mexico. And it's just amazing to see, like, I mean, like someone like Chris Jericho who kind of learned from these people and adapted because, like, essentially... And see, now I'm, I'm more of, like, a technical wrestling fan. Like, I love technical wrestling, and, like, it's my jam. Like, I go in and I watch the inside insides of how they do everything and like and i was looking at like chris jericho when he learned to do the lion salt i was like that's essentially ultima dragon's move the acai moon salt that he's doing from from the uh from the ropes and i'm like it's awesome you know and i'm like I, i'm a i'm a fan of that type of wrestling i love the technical wrestling and so like for me watching going especially with the wwe network going back and watching all these like bash the beach and all these like wcw matches like i went back and just i love watching the wrestling because like that was what i was so into and it's just for me it's exciting kind of see that they're going to take you know uh jushin thunder liger you know who is just amazing has this awesome lineage his history to bring him over the nxt like you said earlier it gives him kind of like that legitimacy ar around the world and nxt to me isn't just a training ground it's a brand and i argue that nxt on a weekly -week basis is more consistent than anything that you know, Vince is doing with Raw. I, this is my personal oh, opinion. I 100% I, I agree with you. And there there had been different things that my friends would tell me about what they read on the internet. And that, like, the main roster was so annoyed that these guys on NXT were working harder than them. But that should push them to put on, you know, better matches and whatnot. And it's just awesome to see guys from the indies that are well-known, whether or not they're well-known, go out there and just absolutely kill it and give their all, no matter what gimmick they have. And, like, it's just so entertaining. It's just it's a shot in the arm for any wrestling fan, man. And it's, it's completely phenomenal, and I love it. 
Well, that's the thing. I actually think that maybe NXT is a little bit of a preview of what we're going to get when Vince finally decides to step down. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think we will ever have, in my lifetime, another Monday Night Wars because that was just that was just too perfect of a storm to recreate. But I, th- I think once Vince and Stephanie fully take over, once Vince fully takes over creative control, or excuse me, once Triple H takes over uh, creative control, I really think we're going to see something new in the world of wrestling that's going to put everybody on their heads. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the fact that he's taken an interest into all of the indies, like, that gives every single person on the indies, that should give you a, a, you know, a light of fire under your ass that you could get looked at by, you don't know if the scout's in the audience. You know what I'm saying? Triple H is scouting throughout everywhere man like we, you don't you don't think that he's he just you know finding these guys on you know on the on the side of the road no he's sending people out there you know to, to do their homework on these different wrestlers whether it's roh or you know some other places or you know around where nxt is and you know triple h was an indie guy before he got into the business just like you know what i'm saying yeah and the fact that he understands that these guys are the future and that you're gonna you're gonna see how well they do, and if they get a buzz around them on the indies, and then you're gonna bring them into your brand. You're gonna tell them, you know, listen, this is how this is what we want from you, and this is how we're gonna build you, and that's how they they're gonna learn and grow, you know, from doing some new stuff, and you know, being a part of the you know the machine that is WWE. Yeah, and it, I think actually one of the greatest things that I've seen from NXT, in my personal opinion, is the resurgence of women's wrestling. Like, it's blown me away, personally. Because, like, for the longest time, I felt like, you know, ever since the Women's Championship got changed into the Divas Championship, this the legitimacy of that brand and that product just kind of fell off. It was just kind of like they were just hiring supermodels or whatever that they would just kind of put in the ring. Now it's like you have someone like you know Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks and and uh, Bailey and all these people that are really just great in the ring. I, I kind of love to see that you know Stephanie McMahon is really kind of being like the leader of that that resurgence, uh, that renaissance, if you will. I love the fact that you brought that up because that's something I wanted to personally talk about. Because women's wrestling, I don't care what anyone says. There, there, there have been points, especially with, with Trish and Lita, where they put on amazing matches. You know what I'm saying? And people, you know, like Mickey James and um, what's her name? Uh, Victoria. Like, these, these types of wrestlers, they, they quickly went from being having really great matches to, like you said, doing the whole diva thing. And I think that really, like you said, killed that whole the whole credibility to that and the fact that the women of this generation in NXT could go out there and completely kill it and put on a main event better than the guys you know gives me some hope that there is going to be more of that continuously and it's going to make you care about the women's division and women's wrestling and wrestling as a whole to the fact that wrestling now we'll have more legitimacy because it's not going to be, oh, hey, now I want to change the channel because the girls are wrestling. Or, hey, I'm going to go take a bathroom break because the girls are wrestling. Like, that is stupid. You want people to constantly have their eyes on the product and have must-see TV and not have these girls only be eye candy, but wrestlers and athletes as well because they are wrestlers and athletes. 
Yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head. You know, a lot of the times people treated it like it was the bathroom break. Or, you know, a lot of times we hear it all the time or you don't know about it. There's a lot of times females, you know, the, the, their, their, their matches get cut, you know, because run, something runs over or they, get, you know, something else goes awry. And they have to just, they decide to cut the match. So even like WWE themselves, I don't think personally really, you know, gave it enough respect. So I kind of, I really appreciate Stephanie McMahon kind of really seeing that, you know, hey, this is a legitimate thing that's going on. And, you know, and I love that Paige, who was really the first one, in my personal opinion, to really kind of make that shift over into WWE. And, like, Paige is, like, legit. She just looks legit wrestlers. Like, she knows how to – she'll go 15, 20 minutes in the ring, and, and she does a great job, you know, consistently. And she's also, you know, got that – I love Paige. Sorry, I, I just talk about her all the time. She's awesome. And, and she's, she's kind of the first person, in my personal opinion, that's really had – that badass, like, just, like, you believe everything she says, and she doesn't have to really pretend. She just, that's who she is, and she really sells it, and you see that on, like, Tough Enough. Like, that's who she is, you know? Like, she's not going to, like, sugarcoat anything, and I, I love that, that she's kind of inside and out, like, that's who she is, and she could back it up with her in-ring ability, and I love the fact that she's kind of, like, the spearhead of what they're doing with Charlotte and Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks and all them, because I feel like when I watch watch them come over and Raw, like, the the audience was blown away because we can't assume everyone that's watching Raw is watching NXT. And I love the fact that they cross-branded there and brought them over, and I think they're really doing a great job on Raw. Yeah, and it makes you, like, holy shit, now I need to watch the, these them on NXT or see what they've done on NXT in the past. And I, I further, I want to watch further what they do, and now they're doing this whole, like, stable gimmick with them, and it's just, it's awesome. And it makes you care. And like I said about a lot of other things that they're doing now in the business, it, it's given you unpredictability and you want to see it. It's must-see TV. Well, let me ask you this because we talked about in your first interview a lot about the indies. How is women's wrestling now all this going on changing in the indies? Oh, dude. There is so much going on in the indies. It's not even funny, man. With the inter intergender matches where top-notch girls are wrestling top-notch dudes and they're doing intergender tag matches and it's it's really cool and like a, a company that really does a lot of that is beyond wrestling and if you don't know about beyond wrestling i really suggest that you look it up and find them on youtube and watch their stuff because they're doing some crazy stuff with intergender matches and it's just amazing and even with the girls you know girls wrestling girls women's wrestling like, it's just coming up big time. Same thing with CZW. And, like, it's just, it's amazing that there's so much talent that's out there that is not signed. And a lot of these girls, they're just, they're, they're freaking amazing. It, it's it's just, it's ridiculous. And, like, some of them, they, they wrestle better than some of the dudes that are out there. And, you know, hats off to them. Because if you love pro wrestling as much as I do, I, you know, I'm not going to bash women's wrestling at all. Because I love women's wrestling. And, you know, sometimes I rather watch some of the – I get excited for some of the chick matches more than I do, you know, sitting sitting on a card, you know, after my match is done or whatever. And, I, you know, I want to watch some women's wrestling. I want to see some of these girls tear down the house. Yeah, I'm, I I feel like we're preaching to the choir here because, you know, like Deuce and I are growing up just watching wrestling for oh, so yeah. long. And, like, it wasn't – just like back in the day it was like females were really just managers. They weren't really in the ring. And I love the fact that, like, we have – people that are really passionate about the business that really are you know into it and i i actually think this is the first time since beth phoenix in my personal opinion that we've really had 
legitimate female wrestlers. And I, I miss Beth, Beth Phoenix, by the way. I think she she was a phenomenal talent. Oh yes, left left way before she should have been done. Well, I guess my next question to you is uh, before I get to my big question. What are the indies we should be watching right now? Wow. Well, you know, you gotta, you gotta. If you're familiar with ROH, and by the way, keep watching ROH. One of my favorite to this day, and I hope to work for them one day. Um, Gabe Sapolsky, who was the promoter that used to help run ROH, is now running a promotion called Evolve Wrestling. Yes. You need to check that out. Uh, they've, they've actually run out of our building in NYWC, the NYWC Sportatorium here in Deer Park, New York. Um, amazing shows, amazing talent. They've taken talent from all over the world, and they just put on an amazing show, just as well as ROH. Um, if you're a pro wrestling fan and you really, really care about you know storylines and what guys are doing, NYWC, without question, my home, New York Wrestling Connection, look us up. Same thing with the SWA, Suffolk Wrestling Alliance, Beyond Wrestling, uh, Ace Pro Wrestling in New Jersey, and as well as CZW. Without question, those are some of the top, top wrestling brands you need to watch on the indies, as well as Chikara. Chikara is amazing. I don't care if you don't like uh, comical wrestling. They do have some storylines there, and it's just the work that they put into it, whether they do serious or comedy, it gives you a lot of – it's refreshing to me. And there's so much other stuff out there like Full Impact Pro. Just go out there if you're a fan and support your local independent wrestling because without you, there is no, no pro wrestling. Without the fans, there is no pro wrestling. And honestly, if, if you guys don't watch what's locally, you're not going to know what's coming out and who could potentially be in WWE, TNA, or Japan one day. Yeah, I mean, Deuce and I, we, we when we get the opportunity, we just go to the local armory and just like we just go and check out who's who's doing what they're doing, and like we really enjoy it. And I feel like I almost sometimes prefer house shows, like because you you kind of get to see some experimentation done. You oh, kind of yeah. get to see some people coming and doing different things. And like I, I remember, it was a match that uh, Deuce and I we went and saw uh, in in Lakeland, Florida. We this is back before Neville and all them really started to get a big oh, push. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Dude, yeah. it was so exactly amazing because like about. we we got to kind of got to see him really get huge. Like before he was even really doing anything with NXT, it was like they just brought him on and all that. And now he's you know obviously he's doing really well in WWE. Like he's really had a great turn. Uh, but like it's great to kind of see these up and comers you know live. And I just I think there's an energy, something special about seeing a house show that you can't really capture. Uh, on a raw program but not only that it's like if you're gonna be in that close setting it's like not to sound stupid but it's very intimate and it's like it's you feel a part of the show you feel like you're gonna see something you're never gonna see again and there's some guys that work on the indies that you just know put their heart and their friggin soul into what they do and whether they're they're microphone guys or they're phenomenal wrestlers or they're the total package, yo, there are so many guys out there that are just untapped potential and that are just they're just gonna keep working hard and they're eventually gonna get to WWE or TNA or wherever and you're eventually gonna see them. But for for you as a fan, if you're an indie fan and you wanna see what's out there before they make it, and for you to be there and see them before they make it, that makes it ten times better. 
and see that's the thing I like. Like I've almost because we're 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 very our location is very good in Polk County. Like it's an hour to Tampa, it's an hour to Orlando. So we can see a lot of Rawls, we can see a lot of SmackDowns. But I'm almost to the point where I don't even want to go. I'd rather see wrestling indies at an armory or even at the flea market more than I want to see Raw or SmackDown just because of the mere case that it's better wrestling, it's uh, more talent in my opinion, and it's also such an intimate environment. Like you said, like you feel like you're a part of the experience because when you're cheering for a guy – they know it. If you're booing a guy, they'll, they know it, and they'll talk back to you, and they'll talk smack to you. That's not going to happen in a Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, because some of these guys, they really know how to work the crowd, man, and it's just it's amazing. This episode of the Happy Hour is brought to you by... Video Games Monthly. Check out Video Games Monthly. Video Games Monthly is a monthly subscription service that delivers retro video games right to your door. VGM is a must for gamers who own classic gaming systems from the 80s to the 2000s. VGM offers three, four, or five game subscriptions for the NES, SNES, 64, and Sega Genesis, and best of all, you keep the games. Every month, they send out a variety of games, both well-known, retro favorites, and the unique ones to make sure you consistently get a well-rounded gaming experience. Take a look at their website at www.videogamesmonthly.com to sign up for a monthly variety of retro video games. And remember to tell them that the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Well, I guess this is a topic I kind of wanted to hit with you because I wasn't sure what your thoughts were on uh, broadcasters, commentators, because I kind of feel like there's been a huge decline in, in play-by-play commentary, especially since JR left the left WWE. Because me being a big fan of uh, technical wrestling, especially during like the late 90s when you had, you know, the Chris Benoit's and the Dean Malenko's and the Eddie Guerrero's, like they had all these like amazing technical skills. And I loved me as a fan of wrestling. I loved listening to the play by play and what the names of the moves were and not just Michael Cole going, oh, he took him down with a shot. Oh, look at that punch. Or, oh, well, the clothesline or. You know, he took him down there with a big slam, and I'm like, I want to hear that that was a, I want to hear that that was a scoop slam. I want to hear that was a fireman's carry takeover. I want to hear that was a Japanese arm drag. Like, I want to hear these moves called. And like the fanboy in me, like the big fan that loved the technical wrestling, it's missing. And the only person, in my personal opinion, that's doing broadcasting right is Matt Matt Stryker with Lucha Underground. Oh, Lucha Underground, yeah. He's yeah, nailing it. Question. He's he's naming all naming all the moves. He's doing it, giving it justice and like he's explaining things correctly. He's given enough time, and no one else is doing it. So I wanted to get your thoughts on like broadcasting today. Um, I do feel that broadcasting today has been watered down completely, and to me, it shouldn't be three commentators. It should be two. And if you have three, it should be like a guest every now and then, just so there's like some different interaction. But it's so watered down, and you could tell that it's just like scripted, and that they're that they have to hold back on a lot of things that they say. And if if these guys do get caught saying something out of context, that they're gonna get fined or some crap like that. Like it's just so stupid. And I agree with you. Like Matt Stryker goes above and beyond for Lucha Underground. And the fact that he completely, like, his wrestling knowledge is insane. And you could tell that he loves the business and he wants to do it right. Because even when he called um, 
actually one of the latest. I think it was Wrestling Kingdom for uh, the Japanese. The Japanese like basically basically WrestleMania over there with uh, with Jr. It was just so refreshing to listen to to those two be together on commentary and to to date back to other matches that these guys have had and they just know so much about the wrestlers and and the wrestling moves and the history of wrestling that it's just like there's you don't have that anymore you know you have this whole oh that's vintage whoever the hell it is and you're like i don't want to hear them you know and i completely 110 percent agree with you guys that it's just so it's so hokey and stupid like commentary now that it's just it kind of it makes you want to watch wrestling on mute well, I'll tell you what, speaking of that, CJ, that's one of my favorite things to do. If you ever get a chance in your life to hang out with the two of us and watch some wrestling, every once in a while I'll throw it on mute and just let Johnny do the play-by-play because <laughs> he does ten times better than any wrestling announcer out there because he calls the moves and he can tell me, hey, that was a you know that was this move, this this was that move. Like He can tell me the moves when I don't even know them, and as a wrestling fan, I like that. Like. I don't have the wrestling knowledge and encyclopedia of moves that he does in his head. And to hear somebody oh, like him dude. say that is awesome. I um I just popped huge for that. That that's fucking amazing. Because honestly, if you guys are ever gonna do that, and I'm with you. I will do the play by play with you, and it will be fucking phenomenal. Let's make it happen. Yeah, we're, we, we're we recording that. Either that, or we got to get you to where we can get you on a laptop with a camera, and we can do like a Google Hangout. Or the two of you do play-by-play for like a SummerSlam or a, oh, a WWE pay-per-view or an NXT, even better. That would be oh, awesome. That would be amazing. It would. And, and, and speaking of NXT again, there's there, in, in my opinion, I feel there's upswell in wrestling because you've got Lucha Underground. ROH now is getting to a lot bigger audience. Uh, TNA has always kind of had an audience when it was on Spike, now on Destination America. I feel like wrestling might be coming back. Like I feel like there's a pro wrestling movement. How, being in the indies and being a pro wrestler yourself, how do you feel? Does it feel like there's more of a like a hunger and a want for pro wrestling out there? Well, it's uh, it all comes with the change of the culture. Like the '80s, it was just so everybody. It was a lifestyle. Everyone knew who the wrestlers were. Knew who Hulk Hogan was. You know, it's just it. It started, you know, it, it went into the 90s, like, real hot. And then, you know, a few documentaries came out where they bashed pro wrestling and, oh, it's fake and blah, blah, blah. It's like, it kind of makes me want to be like, motherfucker, you have never stepped a foot in my goddamn shoes to step into that ring and do what I do. You know what I'm saying? And the, the fact that there are a lot of people that, like, they hate pro wrestling so much that they want to, like, take it down and... You know, put down people that like wrestling. Like you're an idiot. Like it's just, it's just like, oh, but you love baseball still, even though like half the people in baseball have taken steroids. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's so stupid. And the the feel that is coming back, that wrestling is making this big comeback because there's so much wrestling out there. Yeah, hell yeah, I feel like it's coming back, man. And the fact that like fans shouldn't be afraid to be fucking fans. Be a fucking fan. Say you like wrestling. Like, people used to laugh at me. Oh, oh, you're a wrestling fan. Oh, that fake shit. Oh, you do that fake shit. Like, that is that annoys me. Even even if like like someone tells a little kid that it's fake. Like, like fuck you. You believed in Santa Claus until you were fucking 22. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, fuck yourself. <laughs> hey, you know, it's funny because we before the break, we talked about how, like, wrestling is kind of coming back hard and strong. And I actually really, really appreciated what ESPN did with their uh, 30 for 30 when they talk, you know, kind of kind of pull back the curtain, if you will, literally uh, and figuratively, you know, what with how the industry is kind of going and how because sometimes you kind of forget that these are people that have their lives. They have families. They're not just on show as these big, huge stars like they have, uh, you know, they have things that we can relate to. And especially one of the things that really hit me hard was the stuff with Adam Rose and his son, you know, not having, you know, having a stomach or whatever. And they have to feed him through a feeding tube and whatnot. And like, Stuff like that, I really appreciate kind of like that documentary style of how, you know, they're just like us. You know, they're just like doing what we're doing and they just love the business. Kind of like yourself. You love the business that you're a part of it and that you every single day, you know, you have bills. You have all these things that we all have. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, we're just fans of the business and fans of the product. And did you get a chance to see that documentary? Yes, I did. And. I, I like your take on it because a lot of people don't realize how much goes into like having to, to dial up what we do and, you know, forgetting about our actual lives to, to portray another character or, or be this larger than life um, person, if you will. And it's just a lot of people don't understand what goes into it and how much other people have at stake. Like I've been homeless, man. And I, I've still wrestled like that. That's what kept me going. And the fact that like I'd have people come up to me and be like, yo, man, you know, your your promos and, and your, you know, just the way that you are, your character, it makes me not want to give up. And that like I sat back and I thought about that, man. And I'm just like, what I'm doing is making a difference. Like I make people happy. You know, I, I you know, this this that's what I want for the rest of my life, man. And if I ever did make it, you know, this is, I take this business to heart. And just like a lot of guys, they take this business to heart because, you know, I have to feed myself and, you know, my girlfriend at the end of the day. And, you know, I have to pay my bills. I go to work, you know, just, just like everybody else, man. And a lot of people don't realize that this, sometimes this isn't just a job and that this isn't, you know, it's more than, you know, it's a lifestyle, man. You give up so much and you sacrifice, you know, being in people's lives, you know, I know guys that, you know, they go on the road and they don't see their families half the time. And a lot of people don't don't realize not only how much goes into it, but, like, the self-sacrifice of the fact that, like, a lot of these dudes don't even see their mom and their dad or, you know, brother, sister, their dog. Like, they have bills, too, and they're just on the road constantly. And, you know, for some guys, it's awesome, and for some guys, it sucks because you're, you're giving all you have and you're, you're wrestling through injuries. And a lot of people don't realize that, if, if you're fucking hurt, you still have to go there and perform, man. There's no off-season for pro wrestling. No, and I think we've seen that a lot lately, especially with Daniel Bryan and other people. Like, you keep kind of pushing through injuries. And especially, I, I, I actually, it's CJ, from the bottom of my heart, I feel for guys like you because it's, uh, it, and I don't want to put you on blast or anything like that, but, like, you, you got put on the shelf for a little bit, which was no fault of your own. You had some things happen in your personal life that happened, you know, and you've got to put your career on hold. And you're like, look, this didn't even happen this in the ring. This happened outside the ring. And, you know, now I've got to kind of – I'm not making that extra money that I was making before, and also i got to put my career on hold, and that sucks. Yeah, and it's the worst, man. Like, the, the whole car accident thing, dude, you know, it put my career on hold, the pro wrestling career. And, like, 
my regular job too, man. Like I'm, I'm not doing too well right now, but I, you know, I've been going to training and trying to get my, my mind off of it. Not that I am training. I've been watching the other guys train and it just, it sucks sitting there and being on the shelf, but you know what? It's making me hungry that when I'm a hundred percent healthy to come back, I'm going to value and appreciate my time in the ring even more. And you know what, man, you know, people could, could say what they want, but if, if I, if I, if I make it, man, I, a lot of people don't realize some people that, that make it that whether or not they, they want to make a difference. Some guys want to do it for the fame and the fortune and all that bull crap. But like, I just want to make it to say that I made it to, to prove a lot of people wrong, to, to have vindication of all the shit that I've gone through personally. Like, people don't know like what other you're not stepping in other wrestlers shoes or other people's shoes it doesn't it doesn't matter just for wrestling but like there's so many people that just put down you know oh yo you're too heavy and all this crap you're not gonna tell me no because i'm gonna keep fucking wrestling and i'm gonna keep doing whatever i gotta do to get to wwe to get to tna to get to new japan to get to roh it doesn't matter because i want to make it and if i make it i will not only give it my all I would rather die in the ring than die any other way. Well, and, and I, I, I truly, honestly, I wholeheartedly mean that. No, and I, and I, I believe you 110%. Like we said in an earlier episode, I see a lot of Kevin Owens in you. Like, you're a guy that wants to be out there. He wants to be in the ring every night. He wants to fight. He wants to, you know, and it's good that you've been going to – you know, you've been basically going to the gym and meeting with the guys and being there at the school, uh, you know, every week because it kind of gets your head clear and it gets you a new perspective on everything. And now, I'm not going to lie, I don't want to be in the ring against you once you come off the shelf because you've got a fire in your belly that is not going to be quenched. Oh, no, man. And I, and, I, and I meant every word I said about I've already contacted people because, like, my weight is like the biggest issue to everyone in the fucking world all of a sudden. So I, I'm finding a personal trainer and I'm going to come back 10 times better than what I was. And I am very, I have a chip on my shoulder. I just want to get out there. I want to put on the best match. doesn't matter against who. If I have to wrestle myself or an invisible man, I will. Because I want to give out 110%. I want to prove all my naysayers wrong. And at the end of the day, you kill all of your critics with success and a smile on your fucking face, and that's what I'm going to do. And see, and that's what I love about you, brother. And the thing is, like, it, it, I, I, personally, in my opinion, I don't know why anybody's saying bullshit about your weight. You're a, a normal-sized guy in the America we live in. Look at Kevin Owens. Look at Bray Wyatt. There are people that are bigger that are doing amazing things and the thing is it's kind of like they used to say back when Bray Wyatt wasn't Bray Wyatt when he came out of NXT Husky and he, Harris. when he was Husky Harris they said it's it's the it's Sherman tank with a Ferrari engine when I watch your matches that's what it is brother like you move so fast and you've got so much speed if I was an indie promoter I'd be like I don't care how much he weighs have you seen the moves this guy can do you can kiss my ass I'm gonna put him on the card every yeah, time yeah you kind of remind me like a Bam Bam Bigelow like you're you know you've got that awesome speed and strength and not a lot of people can actually combine that at the same time and I think you do a really great job of being able to use all of this all those assets you know pretty flawlessly in my personal opinion I, I really appreciate that a lot that that really humbles me as, as a person and an athlete and just doing what I'm doing and like just to have feedback like that, that that's amazing. Thank you very much. 
Well, you're welcome, brother. And being half Italian and half Irish, I want to go out there and see you whoop some freaking ass, man. Like, I'm excited oh, yeah. about it. And the stables you keep doing and the people you keep tagging with, like, I'm super-duper excited. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Well, it, it, so we'll quit talking about your comeback tour for a little bit. I want to ask you another <laughs> question. What do you think about now that they've got the WWE Network that is nine nine and 9 How has that changed the business, in your opinion? Well... It not only like with with the whole deal of uh, the whole nine ninety nine thing, and you get so much for it. Oh my God, you get think, so much for it. I, I think it's amazing because there's a lot of people that can't really afford to go out and buy DVDs constantly, and you know, you just maybe even go to some of their their the WWE's products, their shows, and whatnot. And for nine ninety nine a month, you can't go wrong because you can see all older shows, Raw, SmackDown, pay per views, and you know, there's there's a lot to to gain from this, especially as a fan. Like seeing stuff you've never seen before. Uh, if you're a young fan, or or even a fan that was just, oh, hey, I love WWE, but let me watch some ECW stuff today, or let me watch some WCW, or you know, AWA stuff. And they have so much, it's not even funny. And then for like for a wrestler like me, that's my study playground. You know what I'm saying? I could, I could just go sit there, and uh, I remember this match was on, you know, SummerSlam 2004. Let me go watch that. Like, you know what I'm saying? And you get to see a lot of older things and a lot of newer stuff. And for, for the casual fan that doesn't watch NXT, uh, you have the option of watching NXT every Wednesday and going back and watching all of the NXTs. So it's, it's a no-brainer to get something like that. And whether you're a wrestler or a fan, get it. Well, see, 999 that, is beyond worth it. That's the thing for me personally. And number one, CJ, again, I just want to tell you thank you because as a wrestling fan, I like sending underneath the learning tree. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like learning from people like you, like, about the business. And that's what I love so much about the WWE Network. You've got the show, like, Rivals, which really kind of pulls the curtain back and shows you a lot of what was happening behind the scenes. And you've got the Monday Night Wars that does the same thing that really teaches you a lot about what was going on behind the scenes. And you can learn so much. And with the specials they have, like the Stone Cold Podcast, you really, really get to kind of see what these people are really thinking unfiltered in a way that normal WWE network TV doesn't let you see. And I, I think that as a, as a fan and a guy that really, I have a, a thirst for knowledge. I'm like a sponge. I just want to soak it up. That really, really gives you something as a fan so you can learn the business because I'm not going to lie. I'm past my prime. I'm 33. I can't go to wrestling school now and think I'm going to do something and make it like it, that. That ship has long sailed, but being able to learn this knowledge and get it from guys like you and the WWE Network, to me, is amazing. And personally, thank you, like I said, for, for giving us an interview. And two, just seeing all that in the network, I think, makes it worth its value. No problem, man. Like, the, just the way that it's amazing how many people, like like I said, you know, in, a, you know, in part one, they don't want to pass on knowledge, man. Like, you know, life is all about learning, no matter what you do. And the fact, you know, if you want to know something, you want to learn something, like, you shouldn't, it shouldn't be withheld from you, man, because that that's life. Everyone wants to learn. And if I could be out there and I, I don't even know how to explain it. If I, if I ever got to the stature of WWE or I made it big, you know, in any, in any way, shape or form, 
I'd still want to live like a normal person. And if anyone came up to me in the street, I'm going to sign an autograph. I'm not going to be that guy. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, it, it's mind boggling to me that there are some people out there that will not want to give that personal connection to their fans. Because without the fans, there is no you and you have no fame. You have no fortune. And just like if there's no fans, there's no pro wrestling. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. And, like, seriously, dude, like, <clears throat> this isn't pandering. Like, Deuce and I were, like, super excited to, like, be like, hey, did you, you know, he's coming this this week. And, like, we're getting excited, like, to have you on the show. And, like, we just love, you can tell, like, the passion that we have for the business just like you do. And we can, it just, it's just so great to speak to someone that kind of, you know, we're literally learning from the ropes. Like, you're telling us all these amazing things and stories about someone that's, you know, went through the good times and the bad times. And it's kind of great to see, you know, everything that you've gone through. Because I don't think a lot of, I don't think as a wrestling fan, especially someone like me, I haven't really got to see a lot of that. And for me, it's really, really exciting to kind of see, you know, your tale, uh, you know, and your and everything you've been, you know, gone through, and I, and we're really excited to see the next, you know, chapter in the uh, CJ Bambino story. I appreciate that, man. And you know what? I'm willing to share anything and everything because, like I said to you guys previously, I'm an open book, and I'll come on the show as much as you want. I'll talk wrestling as much as you want. I could talk to you guys till you're blue in the face. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, we, we love it because, like, when you were talking about your whole story and everything like that, like, the passion that you were exuding was just, I mean, I hope the fans get to hear that when they listen to this episode because, like, in the last episode, because, like, there's a passion that you just can't fake that you have, and we love it. So anytime, because, like, we have a fan base that loves wrestling because we see it in our downloads and, and plays. There's people out there that love, that love the business, and it's kind of great. You know, we're excited because we have this great group. A friend of ours named Sean has this great uh, Facebook group called Grapple Maniacs, and like that's what they do. They talk about the the love of the business. They love NXT. They love the N- Indies. They love the ROH. They love all that stuff. And we get together like just like a group of people that like fanboys. We love it. We just get into it and we break it down. We break down the performers and and everything they're doing and the promos they're cutting. And like we'll sit there and they'll like show a video of something that happened like you know. I don't know, like two, two or three years ago, and we go back and we just, we just get excited and we just get super passionate about it, and like it's great to kind of see that that paradigm shift, if you will, especially with the NXT era, because we're really, really excited about, excited about that. Um, I just wanted to say that I appreciate that as a performer, and the fact that like you guys even want to support the business, you want to support independent wrestling. Everyone should want to support independent wrestling. Support, you know professional wrestling as a whole and i could tell that you guys love it so much because you know i see it on facebook i've listened to your podcast believe it or not because i take an interest in you know what i'm gonna be on and and you know different things like that and i love talking to people and you guys make it so easy because you're so knowledgeable about the product as fans and it's just it, it's it's a pleasure to even talk to you because i feel like i'm talking to two of my best friends well, and I- it's it's and, I, and i'm not saying that to blow smoke up your guys ass either because like I, I, I'm, ha- I'm enjoying this more than ever to, to talk to you guys and just have a refreshing take on the way that you guys think and you know what you're excited about because that gets me excited because now once I go home after this whole ordeal, I'm gonna pop in some friggin' wrestling and I'm gonna be pumped because you guys just lit an even bigger fire under my ass that people even fucking care about pro wrestling still. You know what I'm saying? And I, I mean that man. I mean that wholeheartedly. 
Well, brother, I really appreciate it. And also, like, you were on, like, an upper level with us, and you kicked it to a next level because you said, like, you actually watched the show or listened to the show because we've had interviews with people where they're like, hey, you know, whatever, and we interview them, and they're like, oh, you don't know our catchphrases. Oh, you you don't know how this show works because they didn't listen to it. But the fact that you did your homework, to me, kicks you up to, like, an even, like, upper echelon level that I didn't even know you were going to be able to hit because my bar was set so high for you already. Oh, thank you so much. But like, like I said, like as soon as, as soon as my, my, my buddy, uh, the real life Peter Griffin, Robert Franzese was on your show. I was like, I have to listen to the show. And then not only after the episode was I hooked because you guys were so knowledgeable of not only what, you know, his world with the whole cosplaying and, and, and all that that's going on with the Comic-Cons and, and comic, the comic book world and all that stuff, which I, I thought was awesome because I appreciate that stuff as well. But I, I was like, you know what? I have to listen to this these guys' show more often. And I catch it as often as I can when I'm not when I'm not busy. I'll take you know, I'll take time if I'm, if I'm just going through stuff. And I'll listen to your show. And you know what, dude? It's awesome what you guys are doing because a lot of people don't appreciate what, what guys like you do. Because, like, there are a lot of podcasts out there that aren't knowledgeable about anything that they're talking about on any platform. And you guys have beyond exceeded that. And, you know, I, I give a, a big hand to you guys. It's well, amazing. I really, really appreciate that because uh, to kind of relate it to your world, it seems like the podcast world is kind of like the indie wrestling scene. Like, you, there's a million of them out there, and you kind of got to try them all and find what you like. But once, you know, you hear praise from a guy like you, as big as you are, taking time out of your busy schedule, because it is, it's busy. You know, you've got a full-time job. You're wrestling full-time. you got to work out. you got to do all the things you got to do. And to take time out of that to listen to us – not to blow smoke up your ass, like to use your phrase, but I appreciate it. Yeah, it's an honor, really, to be talking to you. So, like, we, it's it's just so amazing. It's kind of hard to put into words, you know, like just the fact that you that you're you know here talking with us, like for two episodes, mind you, and you're and you know, like you said, you're in a car, you're you're hot, and you're you're like you you know you're you're taking commitment to come out here and talk to us, and that means a lot to us. Oh yeah, without question, man, and. It's it's the the feeling is mutual, and I more than appreciate you guys having me on. Well, now that I think we've uh, mutually <laughs> kind of uh, you know uh, lubed each other up, if you will, uh, I wanted to ask you because I know you've got a PS4. I I know you're a gamer. Uh, what is uh, the video games you're playing now? And on top of that, what is your favorite wrestling game? Oh, I have to say, you got to go like old school N64. Probably uh, No Mercy and WrestleMania. Yes! <laughs> high five! Yeah. High five! You're going to high five from across the nation, brother. Cause yeah. That is my favorite hands-down wrestling game. It's is the best. WWF No Mercy was the best wrestling game. Still uh, to this day, I own a copy. Yep. It's actually sitting in my N64 right now at home. I've got a projector in my living room, so I've got the big screen, and I've got a projector so I can actually watch sports and play video games at the same time. And I play a lot of No Mercy. Those games are just they're they're uh, just, just like it's just amazing how much time went into those games and it was so well done. And then after that, I would have to say probably uh, what was it SmackDown? Uh, Here comes the pain was oh, a really yeah. good one. Yep, that was a great one because that was actually the first game ever that had the elimination chamber in it. Yep. And I remember Brock was on the cover. Uh, yeah, I actually maybe failed out of college because of that game because uh, <laughs> I played that game so much it was ridiculous. 
yeah, that game is just, I was, wow, it's, it brings back so many memories. And then just, uh, probably now I, I like, I kind of like the new, the new WWE game, WWE, uh, six, uh, 15, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, that, that game's pretty cool. Uh, I believe though that 16 is going to surpass it like completely because they're going to, they're going to do so much more stuff with the technology that they have that they're going to make it as real as possible. But those, those three games really stand the test of time. And, uh, you know, you can't get any better than, than the N62, N64 game. No, you really can't. But I actually am glad that you mentioned the WWE 2K16. Now that they're only going to do it on PS4 and Xbox One, uh, the roster is so big. It's going to be the biggest roster they ever had with Legends, with most all of the NXT rosters on it, which I think is a really, really big deal. And I actually loved in 2K15, when you started out, Bill DeMott was your coach, you started NXT, and when you did the creator wrestler, you had to start in NXT and work your way up. And I kind of hope yeah, they and do it, that. and it gives you, like, that intimate setting again that you feel a part of it, man. And it's just, it's so different. And what they're doing with technology now that they're making, you know, like, games like the UFC feel so much more real, and WWE feels so much more real, and, you know, they... It's amazing what they do with sports. It's amazing what they do with other games like Call of Duty now. So it's just just the way the way technology is is moving in the world. It's it's kind of scary because eventually we're gonna have you know we're gonna put on 3D headsets and we're gonna be like in the <laughs> ring slamming other guys. You know, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's pretty cool. You know, I'd be remiss because you know you're on us for two episodes and I I have not asked you who's your favorite in ring performer right now in the WWE. I know, put you on the spot. Uh, in the WWE right now? Yeah. Who are you digging? I'll tell you who I'm digging real quick while you're thinking. I, I personally, I love uh, Cesaro. I think that guy can work like crazy. Because obviously, you know, anyone that knows you know, his back history, him being Claudio Castanagli, um, he, like, he has a history of fan base there. You know, it's really growing. Uh I just love the way he works. I love the way he makes everyone else around him look good. Uh, and he's also just bringing back, like, the old school, like, stuff. He's doing stuff in the ring that people aren't really doing anymore, uh, like Fireman's Carries and European Uppercuts. And, like, he kind of has that Kurt Angle appeal to me. Like, he's really in great shape in the ring, but he's also just giving 110% every single time he's in the ring. And I just think he, you know... I, I don't know. I think he really works it in the ring, um, and I, and the fact that him and Kid have split because of Kid's injury, uh, you know, I was a little sad by that. But I kind of like to see that he's taking, like, literally, like they're saying he's taking the brass ring. Like he is really just, you know, giving a hundred percent now. And I really just love oh, him as an in-ring performer. I think he's second to none, really, in my personal opinion. Like he's, I, uh, I'd have to agree with you, but uh, I'm going to give you a few guys. But the, at the top of my list would have to be Bray Wyatt. Oh, Bray oh Wyatt. Gosh, yeah. He's fantastic. That guy, I in a long time, I haven't sat down and like really enjoyed a character and how in-depth he goes with his promos and just the way that he talks and his movements and his facial expressions and the look in his eyes. You can tell he believes he's that that person. He, he, he truly believes who he is. He believes what he's about to do. His promo on The Undertaker in the casket was absolutely phenomenal. His in-ring work is second to none next to Cesaro. Um, and I really think that fans for a long time are going to gonna see Bray Wyatt come up as like that next big guy. 
to be in in that role of hey, this is not a guy to mess around with, and he could pretty much do anything. He, and I think he makes everything enjoyable that he does. Yeah, and he's from here too. Him and his brother uh, Bo Dallas are actually and from his here. And his sister, who's getting a tryout on NXT. Yeah, so we kind of got the. Yeah, we kind of got to see him really kind of shape and become who he is now because obviously everyone, a lot of people know he's the Husky Harris character. To be able to go a polar opposite and to, you know take that character and now like just who he is now, like you said, I I I personally agree with you. I think he's one of the best original characters that's come out of the WWE in over a decade. Like I think the guy lives and breathes it, and also. He had he was part of the one of the best stables because th- we talked about stables in the last episode and you don't really have stables anymore and the fact that him like with the shield and the Wyatt family like a year ago was one of the best things you could see on television and and the fact that you know they're bringing back the the Wyatt family is just amazing and I I just and the fact that he brought credibility to two guys that could not talk no. I think you're exactly right on that. Just the way it elevated them completely, and now you see Harper starting to talk more. And he, you know, that's he's learning from him. He was put with him for a reason. And you know what? That helps him, and both of them were pretty decent wrestlers. I I honestly feel that Harper was the better wrestler than Rowan. Ditto. But, you know, he's a guy that I felt was also underutilized and was one of the better untapped talents that, was putting on sick matches with Dolph Ziggler. And I'm just going to run down another list of guys that I think are absolutely phenomenal. And Dolph's at the top of that. Cesaro's at the top of that. Ambrose, without question, is at the top of that. And I honestly feel that the WWE universe is in good hands for the future because there's so much talent out there that, you know, like Kevin Owens is also at the top of my list. One of my favorite wrestlers growing up was Kevin Steen. You know, I watched him wrestle CM Punk and all these guys all over, you know, New Jersey and in New York. And it's just amazing how many guys are coming up and doing their thing. And another guy I honestly feel, besides Bull Dempsey and in, in, uh, NXT, to look out for would be Solomon Crow, who used to be Sammy Callahan. So well, there, there's a lot there's a lot out there, and uh, they're they're quite amazing. Well, I gotta ask you, just as a fan, saying that you watched him on the Indies, uh, CM Punk and all them wrestle. Tell me about that. Tell me that experience. Um, I was actually there when CM Punk won the ROH title in the summer of Punk. So that was quite an experience, being as young as I was, and to see something like that where he just that whole heel turn when he talked about how, you know, he, he, he had the, he, he like the serpent that, uh, that, that was like the snake that bit that old man. He, he played all the fans into his, into his hands. You know what I'm saying? And that was just mind blowing. And then I was there when he signed, supposedly signed his WWE contract in Long Island and Mick Foley, he signed his contract on the belt. So it was like, it was really cool to like see something like that because you knew that that guy was going to be, like, the next big thing once he got to WWE. And to see his trial and tribulations, you know, in the long run is just insane because he worked so hard to get where he is, just like Cole Cabana has worked so hard to get where he is. And the fact that he isn't signed is, is to any big organization is an absolute travesty, and I think it's a big loss by WWE that a guy like him isn't signed. But, like, I grew up watching... 
Daniel Bryan when he was Bryan, the American Dragon Bryan Danielson. Like, I've seen him wrestle Samoa Joe in hour-long classics at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Like, things like that I'll never forget. And, you know, if I ever get a chance to work with these guys, it will be more than mind-blowing and humbling to be in the same ring as the guys that I grew up watching and idolizing because I saw that if they can do it, I can do it. Well, I got to ask you a question, and this is one of the questions. If you got a sidestep, I'm okay with it. Why do you think Colt Cabana isn't signed by anybody yet? Um, I'm not going to sidestep it at all. Uh, I think that a lot of people can't handle who he is. Uh, not to say that he's a bad person or anything like that. I think that comedy wrestling isn't understood as much. And, um, you know, WWE went that route for so long with guys like um, Santino Morella and, you know, Too Cool and stuff like that, So, which I don't understand why you wouldn't utilize someone as knowledgeable as Cole Cabana because he knows so much about this business. I've shared a locker room with him. I've spoke extensively with him about different things. He may not remember who I am, but I don't care because he was such a great person and the knowledge that he could just give at the drop of a dime because he literally studies the business constantly and he loves the business. And it's just amazing that someone with that type of talent got passed up like that. He was only around there for a short period of time, and it's kind of sad. Well, and then my next question to you, because we're podcasters ourselves, do you think maybe his podcast is hurting him? Because I know that the podcast he did with CM Punk, don't get me wrong, it got millions of plays. I listened to it. Johnny listened to it. Hell, every wrestling fan I know listened to that podcast. It got him lots of plays, got him a lot of good press, uh, which his podcast, if you haven't heard it before, Colt Cabana's podcast is amazing. Do you think maybe that's hurting him because companies are afraid to sign him because they're afraid of what he might say or who he might have on and what he might either, you know? Uh, I, I believe the uh... – the, the saying that uh, no publicity is bad publicity and um, I'm the type of person that I would rather be loved I would rather be hated for who I am than loved for who I'm not and I'm sure he's probably the exact same way and uh, I'm the type of person that wouldn't be kissing anyone's ass and he might be that type of guy and uh, a lot of people don't like the truth and the truth hurts and a lot of people, if they don't agree with your opinion nowadays, just don't want to hear it. So I, I agree. It could be hurting him. But, um, you know, in a way, it's done a lot for professional wrestling. It opened up people's minds to the whole CM Punk fiasco that happened where he just quit out of the blue. You know, it, it, um, you know, it just gives other people a platform to speak uh, that they wouldn't normally have. And you know what? It's it's good that Cole Cabana has that type of thing with the art of professional wrestling. And I listen to that frequently, and I think he's amazing. And, you know, the fact that that he, he lives by the, you know, he doesn't care what people think, then, you know, good for him. Because there's a lot of people out there that do the same, and uh, I honestly respect it. And he should be signed somewhere, but that's just me. Well, I agree with you 110%. I'm a big fan of his podcast. And like I said, sitting under the learning tree, there's no better learning tree to sit underneath than his because he, he does pull back so much of the curtain and let you see so much of what's happening in the business. One more question before we let you go. And, CJ, thank you again for your time. 
like we were talking about CM Punk, Summer of Punk, CM Punk being on the the podcast with Colt Cabana. What do you think about him coming to UFC? Because that's a big, big move for him. I honestly think, like listening to it, um, it was a big fu to Vince McMahon because that's probably something he wanted to do for a while, knowing that they were going to bring back Brock and let Brock pretty much do whatever he wanted. And at a time, I heard that they were going to let him fight UFC and work WWE at the same time, but that fell through. Um, I really think that, you know, it is a good move for him because now if uh, he goes out there and completely destroys whoever he fights, he looks more credible than ever, and that backs up his story completely. Um, if he goes out there, puts on a good show, and that's it, cool. If he goes out there and he gets demolished and he fails, then, you know, it's whatever. I'm sure he doesn't care because he's getting paid either way. But, um, you know, as a performer, maybe he just needed to get out and do other things. Just like Jericho said, he needed time away from wrestling so he could do Fozzie and do his other love, which was was music. Maybe Punk just needs time away to just do what he has to do in UFC and ride that out and try something new and then maybe he'll find his way back to pro wrestling well that was going to be my next question to you if either a he has an amazing ufc career or b if he just gets demolished the first fight do you think at the end of the day he finds his way back to wwe um without question because uh the wwe has shown no matter who you are no matter what you've done um wwe is a big family and um they're in the business of making money and they want to give their fans everything. Uh, they honestly put on the best shows out there. I don't care if it's a live show or if it's a taped show or it's just one of those rinky-dink house shows. Um, they do a really amazing job, and uh, they're going to put butts in the seats no matter what. And, uh, you know, people thought that, you know, Bret Hart was never going to come back. He came back. People thought that Hogan was never going to come back. He came back a few times. People never thought that Brock Lesnar would be there. He's there. Um, you know, they never thought that they would break bread with um, the Ultimate Warrior, and they did. And you know what, man? They, like I said, they proved without a shadow of doubt. They don't. It doesn't matter who it is. They will, if it's best for business and best for their fans, they will bring a person back, and it will be water under the bridge. Will there be some heat with other wrestlers? Without question, probably. But uh, more than likely, it'll be water under the bridge. And uh, everybody at the end of the day is in the business of making money and entertaining the fans. And without those fans, you know, like I said, there is no business. There is no WWE. There is no professional wrestling in general. Well, speaking of entertaining the fans, CJ, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for entertaining our fans. Thank you so much for entertaining our questions. I know it's been a hard night because you've said for the past two hours you've been sitting in your girlfriend's car actually taking this phone call, sweating your balls off, I'm sure, uh, you know, just so our fans could hear from you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for that. Tell all of our fans how they can find you, how they can see you next, how they can get your merchandise. Give us all that good stuff. Uh, if you ever want to get in contact with me, all you need to do is just search CJ Bambino on Facebook. You shoot me a message. You can add me. I pretty much add anyone and everyone. Uh, I do my best to answer all of my messages that are sent to me. It may take some time, but I will definitely get to you. Um, if you also search my like page, which is in quotations, the great Bambino, and then my name, CJ Antonino, 
You could also find my like page to keep up with all my dates for wrestling, what I'm going to be doing, and the next shows that I'll be on. I uh, usually try and plug almost everything I possibly can, but my computer's been down lately, so it'll take some time for me to do a lot of things because I do some stuff from my phone. Uh, you could also find me on Twitter at Bambino Express. Uh, I do also, I follow right back through fans. Send me a message on there or tweet me. I'll tweet you right back. Find me on Instagram at CJ Bambino, or you can just look up a hashtag CJ Bambino or NYWC, and I should pop up. Um, anything you want to do with NYWC, look up New York Wrestling Connection. You can find me on there. And uh, any events at all, please check out NYWC. And also keep checking out the Johnny Induce, the Happy Hour, uh, greatest one of the greatest podcasts I've ever been on. And uh, thank you wholeheartedly again, guys. Thank you, buddy. And Johnny, how can everybody find us on the Twitter machine, on the the Gmail, all that good stuff? Yes, uh, <clears throat> you can find us at Happy Hour Podcast. We can on Facebook.com forward slash Happy Hour Podcast Show. Of course, we're on Twitter at HH Podcast Show. If you like what we did today, give us a five star review on iTunes and on Stitcher. And of course, our main hosting is SoundCloud.com forward slash Happy Hour Podcast. And of course, Deuce, there's not one, not two, but three ways you want to put hashtags in the social media of choice. Hashtag Happy Hour Podcast. Hashtag HH Podcast Show. And hashtag Deuces on the Loose. Later.